Coming up on Verse Chorus Verse, one last bonus episode, and then it is time for a new season. Let's get this mediocre content over with so we can get to the good stuff. Welcome to bonus episode four of Verse Chorus Verse IMDL with me tonight as of the last three episodes. Nobody. Nobody's here with me. They're a little bit here with me. I'm getting a couple messages right now. All four of us, Sven, Evil, Rachel, and I, one big happy family on the, the old messenger there. I think we all miss each other. It's, it's evident by the recordings that they're sending in, but I'm not kidding. I think we chat at least once a day, typically about nothing serious. One thing that I cherish about my friendships with the likes of Rachel, Evil, and Sven is they very much don't take themselves seriously. If I were to scroll up on this, I have a lot of trust that I would very rarely see something serious. If I did, it would be from me about the podcast that would immediately be turned into a joke or ignored. And hey, I appreciate that. I honestly do. So bonus episode four, what are we doing here tonight? You know what? We're taking a break. Evil, Rachel, Sven, they're going to talk about what they've been doing, what they've been listening to, a bunch of stuff like that. I'm kind of going to do that, but not really. This is kind of a freebie episode, to be honest. We're not taking a week off, and I am going to edit the shit out of it and make sure that the content's real. But these episodes are not just for vacation for the podcasters, but it's also to get a feel for who we are when we're not doing homework, when we don't have assignments, when we aren't trying to do something specific. When that athlete isn't in the lab every day, out on the field, making plays, what are they doing in the off season? That's why we're making these episodes. I'm sorry that I couldn't think of a worse metaphor than that, but that one was pretty bad, right? I'm going to be completely honest, and I, I sent all of them a message Earlier this week, what I'm telling you is this is a free reign episode. I have no idea what people are going to talk about. They're sending their content into me. I'm going to edit it. I'm interested to see what they have to say because I have a feeling that this week, it's not just going to be, hey, this is what I'm listening to. I think we're going to get some random stuff. I am excited to get into season two. We're really, really close. We've got some new things going on. We'll explain in episode one. Sven and I will be recording that next week, and we'll definitely give you the skinny. For now, let's get to the most important part of the night. What am I drinking tonight? Well, I am double fisting. Last week, I was going clean, but I tell you what, this week kicked my ass. Uh, My office, like half my office has COVID. Who's working from home? Who's not? got some personal issues going on that have been kicking my ass as everybody, you know, everybody has it. No big deal. That's not me complaining or trying to use an excuse to drink this much alcohol. Who needs an excuse? Only God can judge me, bro. Uh, I have a Paloma that I'm almost done with. Technically, I'm not double fisting. I just, I knew I was going to be down here in the lab for a while, so I wanted to have enough to drink. So I've got a Paloma over here to my right, which is amazing by the way yeah it's 1800 tequila it is lemon and lime it is grapefruit liqueur otherwise known as pamplemousse simple syrup 
and club soda. Uh, I actually, it sounds like a stupid thing. It's not, I got a soda stream. So I'm making my own club soda now. Oh my God. It is a freaking cocktail game changer, man. I, it could be a mental thing. It could just be that I'm, you know, overthinking it. And it, you know, if I buy 40 cent value, whatever club soda, it's going to taste the same, but I swear it is bubblier. It's tastier. It's clearer. It's, it's good water. Yeah. And then I also have a big old glass of red wine. So I'm switching from tequila to a red and that's what I'm drinking tonight. We are getting everything prepared for season two in terms of where our content's going to be dropping. Uh, we're going to be refreshing our website. We're going to have a new merch site that we're going to pump a lot this year because I will say we loved our merch last year, but this year it's better. It honestly is way better. We're going to have some female specific gear our t-shirts are going to be a different blend, a tri-athletic blend. I don't know what you call it. The, the, the comfy shirts. It's the comfy shirts. They're just cooler. We found out that, I don't know why, but our website is getting a ton of traffic. I, I think we're tricking people into coming, but it's great. So now we just have to church it up so people will land on the website and say, oh, hey, what's this? Let's listen. But that's it. That's what we're doing. Bonus episode four. I'm going to have us take a quick break. We'll get into it. We are back. Let's get into the episode. I'm going to start with my dear friend, Rachel. I think Rachel interests me most in terms of these episodes, because I got a feeling in the, her, her second bonus episode when she was talking about her own playlist, I think she was a little rough on herself with how narrow her listening scope is. And I do get the feeling from things that she said that she's really wanting to branch out this year, which in season of the podcast, you have no choice. You're just going to do what you do. You're going to do the homework and that's going to be how you branch out, which is terrific. But I do want to see what she's been doing in her offseason. Uh, I also know that she's she takes her real job very seriously and stays very busy with that. So who knows? Maybe she hasn't been listening to shit. I guess I should just let her tell you. Uh, Rachel, tell the good people what you've been doing with your life. Hey, guys. It's Rachel. Welcome to bonus episode four, where... We continue to talk by ourselves in a room without all of our friends. I'm not sad about it. I don't even care. Those boys are the worst and I don't even like them. Today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite people in the entire world. His name is Vince Polio. He is my good brother. I love him so much. My brother really influenced what I listened to. Him and my dad played a lot of music around the house when I was growing up. There's pretty much music playing all the time. Or the TV was on, but mostly music. Um, especially my brother. So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about in my rambly ramble tonight. Let's get to it. Most important part. What are we drinking? Well, friends, in honor of Vince Polio, we're going to drink a Pabst Blue Ribbon. He loves this. It's disgusting, but I love him. So we're just going to make it happen. Also, I'm pretty sure my friend Sven loves these because I'm pretty sure he gave me one at the last talk when we're in the hotel room finale episode. Let's go with that. That's disgusting. Oh, God. You know what? There's only 24 ounces to go. It's fine. 
And I've already had a margarita. Fun fact about Pabst, during Prohibition in the 1920s, they're like, well, we can't make alcohol because that's illegal. It was all illegal, but they decided to obey the law and they didn't make alcohol. But you know what they did make? Cheese. They made cheese and they called it Pabstet cheese. And it was like a, a whey cheese that was kind of Velveeta-ish, but spreadable. Kraft also made like these spreadable cheeses in jars. And actually you can still find those these days. And then like you spread it on crackers. It's like a, a cheese ball, but in a glass jar thing. Anyway, Paps made cheese. It was super successful because people were like, you can't drink alcohol. So let's eat some cheese and crackers. And Kraft got really mad and then sued them for copyright infringement, which is ridiculous because it's like, can other people not make cheese? That doesn't seem fair. So anyway, Kraft won the case and then they were like, okay, Pabst, it's chill. You can like have a license to continue making Pabst et cheese. And so they kept doing it and to stay afloat during Prohibition. And then when Prohibition ended in 1933, Pabst sold the cheese business to Kraft. Short story long, I'm drinking Pabst tonight. Why do people drink this? Okay, so in thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, I was thinking about musical influences and why I listened to what I listened to. And I was thinking back about my childhood and my brother, him and my dad both had a really big influence in my life and what I listened to when I was a kid, because sometimes as a kid, you just don't have options. You just do what you're parents and older siblings tell you you need to do but they had really good taste in music so it's totally fine my brother was super 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 into punk rock when I was a kid so that's a lot of what was playing in the house he loved no effects sex pistols just really 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 good classic punk rock Um, a lot of stuff from lookout records from fat records he was telling me earlier today they made compilation albums and sold them for $2.99 so you just got a really good array of the different artists that those record companies had. So when he first started listening to music, one of his first albums was Dookie, which was Green Day. If you remember, if you were around in the 90s, the sleeves of all the CDs and cassettes, if you were listening to cassettes, but mostly CDs, back then had all the lyrics on them. So you could bust them out and sing along or whatever while you were listening to music. They also had the thank you section. And so back in 94, he busted out the back of Dookie, looked at the thank you section, and there was just this huge list of bands that Green Day thanked. It's very likely that these are bands, you know, either they worked with, but mostly probably bands that really influenced them and shaped the way that they play. And they wanted to you know, be grateful and give them a shout out on the back of their album. So, you know, they shouted out to Mr. T Experience, to Screeching Weasel. My brother kind of took this as a blueprint for bands to listen to and kind of took it from there. I think he said he was a freshman in high school. He got in a really (laughs) severe rollerblading accident. (laughs) I laugh because I say severe. It wasn't severe. It's funny because nobody rollerblades anymore. But he was trying to jump stuff and he jumped a transformer, which if you remember back in the day, those were, you know, those big green boxes, probably 
I don't know, three feet by three feet or so. And he successfully almost jumped it and clipped <laughs> clipped the break of his roller blade, tried to catch himself and snapped his arm. <laughs> and so he was kind of, you know, laid up for a little while. And that's really when he started like sitting at home and listening to music. And that's when he, you know, really dove deep into all those musicians that Green Day had thanked. When I was a kid, I was a couple years, I am a couple years um, younger than my brother, about three years. So I was definitely in like a hero worship mentality of my brother at all times. He's super cool though. So if you met him, don't tell him I said that. But if you met him, like he's dope. He's really, really fun. He's a super nice guy. And he does have really, really good taste in music. He introduced me to Operation Ivy, which I love and is my you know, ultimate punk rock band. I do love Sex Pistols and I do love No Effects, but Operation Ivy, for some reason, just, I just think they're so great. We listened to a lot of Less Than Jake together. I got really into Save Ferris. They just put out some good stuff and some shitty stuff, but also some really good stuff. When I was talking to my brother earlier today, he was saying that I also influenced him, which was kind of surprising because I just listened to garbage (laughs) music often I don't know I just I don't think I listened to the best music when I was a kid but that's fine I listen to a lot of insane and you know Michael Bolton I love Michael Bolton he hates Michael Bolton who hates Michael Bolton he's an easy listening god so there was this band that my brother brought up and honestly I could not remember for the life of me so fun story is I have a really horrible memory but sometimes it's kind of fun because then I get to like relive things that are really really great or I think that are like a meme I'll see a meme and be like this is hilarious and send it to somebody and they'll be like yeah you sent this to me literally yesterday it's fine bad memory I get to relive stuff I asked him if there was any music that I influenced him on one band he brought up is a band called Flight 180 which is like a Christian punk rock band and honestly when he said the name I was like I have no fucking clue what you're talking about And then I went on Spotify and listened to some music and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I know who this is. So he actually, you know, just because, you know, he's not not into the message, he's atheist, he just, but liked the music. Um, He also said that I opened him up to a little bit more top 40 pop than he would have listened to normally. Because of his influence and probably the influence of a couple friends, I did go to one Warped tour when I was like 16 years old and it was just the best time. I went with a girlfriend and we went out to breakfast really early in the morning and then just stayed all day long. It was 1999. Blink-182 was headlining. Eminem was there. The Bouncing Souls, Ice-T, Less Than Jake. It was a really, really good lineup. Like really, really good lineup that year. He was actually out of the house at that point. So he saw that warp Tour in Seattle just the day before they came to Boise, where I was living at the time. And that was the kind of music that he listened to, and therefore I listened to, because it was great. Something that's really just great about my brother is he is just, he's a lot of fun, but he is definitely like a fine, fun kind of guy. Now, we went to the same warp Tour. Granted, we went in different cities, but at the end of less than Jake's set. They announced to the audience, you know, hey guys, just so you know, after this, if you want to meet us at our merch tent, we're going to have a food fight. We have coolers full of hostess 
prepackaged cakes. Um, and if you want to have a food fight, just, you know, come on back and meet us over there. So he went back there and he said there were, you know, 20, 25 people plus the band and they just busted out ding dongs and ho-hos and Twinkies. And goddamn, if that couldn't have been, that's memorable. I love Less Than Jake. Like they are fantastic, but having a food fight with them, that just sounds like a really, really good time. And honestly, he told me that story and I'm so jealous. I don't think that they announced that at the Boise show, or if they did, I was a 16 year old girl and probably just didn't do it, but he was much cooler than me. And even though he's cooler than me, I am happy to announce that towards the end of our conversation, I said, hey, you know, have you heard of a little band called Blackpink? And he said, who's Blackpink, Rach? And I said, well, they're this really cool K-pop band. And I think if you gave him a chance that you'd be really into them. So I directed him towards Blackpink, Light Up the Sky on Netflix. He put it in his queue and I'm just really excited to hear back on what he thinks of my awesome music because he knows that I love his and I just want him to love what I love too. So maybe we can have a nice symbiotic relationship moving forward. That's what I got for you guys tonight. I think I hid my drunkenness pretty well. So pat self on back. Miss you guys. Good night. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rachel. Two more weeks and we're going to party. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to see what your first drink of the episode two is going to be. So with Rachel being done, I guess that's when we go to Evil and we hear what Evil's been up to. I think I've heard from Evil least in the off season. He's been taking it seriously, hanging out with his fam, you know, doing the doing the real work. Let's hear what Evil has going on. Hello, folks. It is the evilest of the Jimmies. That's me, Evil Jimmy, coming at you with our final interim episode before we begin season two of Verse Course Verse. Here to bring you some more information about what I've been listening to during the break. And I'm going to get into that here shortly. But first, the most important part of the session what am I drinking? I'm drinking a whiskey. I don't know if I can call it a Japanese whiskey. It is Kayo, maybe pronounced Kayo. I'm not quite sure. K-I-Y-O whiskey. Aged in Japanese Mizunara oak. I guess there's some controversy as to whether or not it's actual Japanese whiskey or if it's just whiskey aged in Japanese oak. I don't know. It's delicious. I'm enjoying it and it works. So I don't really care what it's called as long as it tastes good and does the job. So cheers. On to the music that I've been listening to. Like I said, we are gearing up for season two, and I've kind of been taking a little bit of a musical break, especially from really diving into music and listening more critically or academically like I do for the podcast. Alongside that, I've been decompressing from Christmas music. I uh, had a scheme to actually talk about Christmas music one more time, but I think DL and probably you guys as well would have fired me. So I want to keep uh, doing the podcast with everyone, and I'm going to put a cork in the Christmas music, at least until next season. Musically, I have actually been more intrigued with music from television I've been binging than actual music that I've been listening to 
casually. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit instead of boring you with the random Spotify playlists I have on in the background of my home any given day. It's January, this time of year where the days are very short. It's cold outside, not a whole lot to do. So I've been binge watching some television. Three programs in particular have been what we've been watching in my house. The first one is Cobra Kai, which I've not watched yet. I'm in the middle or maybe towards the end of of season one right now, and I absolutely love this show. It is, if you don't know, continuation of the storyline from the 1980s Karate Kid films. Somewhat from the point of view of the antagonist of those films, Johnny Lawrence, who is one of my favorite characters that's ever been written in anything. He's been in my head telling me to stop being a pussy so much that I feel like I'm becoming a better person. And while that is probably not an acceptable thing to say to people in current year, and I would never, ever, ever even begin to think about saying that to you, our lovely listeners, but if that's something that you're interested in, I would say listening to this podcast long-term is a good way to start. That's just science, folks. And remember, trust the science. Now, I haven't really consulted with any medical professionals, but it just feels true. Anyway, the music from Cobra Kai, since it's from the 80s, and this is kind of a throwback, there's tons of like 80s music playing. Episode 1, Season 1, starts off with Poisons, Nothing But a Good Time, which is super cheesy and terrible, but it's also awesome to listen to and makes you feel good. So, hey, it's doing the trick. And it kind of got me in the mood for listening to that kind of music. Around the second or third episode is when it really got to me because two, not one, but two songs for the band Rat were in that episode. The first one is Lay It Down, which is just this killer drop D riff, like classic 80s metal riff. And then Round and Round is a song that I've loved pretty much since I was in grade school when it was brand new on the charts. So I've been going down this 80s hair metal rabbit hole listening to Warrant, Tesla, some Twisted Sister, of course, Motley Crue, and someone who you may not know of, Billy Squire, who is like a cautionary tale to seriously pay attention to your brand. So Billy Squire was huge in the 80s. He was, just go listen to his music and you'll understand. It's very, in the early 80s vein, good rock music. And there was a video that he shot for, I think the track is Rock Me Tonight, I think the storyline for the video was it was going to be shots of him getting ready to go perform a concert, intermixed with shots of his fans getting ready to go to the concert. And then eventually, you know, the end of the song, it would culminate with everyone kind of coming together and having a good time. But somehow the director that they had wanted a higher budget that they could afford and things got cut and it wound up with this absolutely terrible music video. Go watch it. It's, It's sad to see. He would have benefited from having Johnny Lawrence next to him saying, hey, stop being a pussy. Another thing that we watch in my house, which is incredibly off-brand for me, but I absolutely love it. I have no business liking this show on paper, but it is one of the most wildly entertaining things on television, and I, I love it, and my lady absolutely lives for it, and that is RuPaul's Drag Race. I didn't even know about it until the pandemic happened. On the recommendation from a coworker, my better half came home and said, hey, I want to try watching the show. I'm like, what is it? And she's like, it's RuPaul's Drag Race. And I'm like, what's that? And we start watching the first episode of the first season. 
I made it through and I'm like, hard, no, I can't do this. And she's like, this is supposed to be really good. Let's try a later season when their production value is up. We skipped a season five. I got hooked. And now it's one of my favorite things to watch on TV. The thing about this show is it's a like a reality show competition for people who want to be drag superstars. And at the end of each episode, two of them are picked to kind of go head-to-head lip-syncing for their life, as they say on the show. So there's lots of music involved. It's lots of fun. Pandemic-type times, it's uh, uplifting and fun. So that's a, that's a good listen. And there's music involved, so that's good. But one of the things that has really caught me in the last couple years is Disney Star Wars stuff. I really, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And The Mandalorian, I absolutely adore. I think they did have done a great job producing that. What has come out recently is kind of a spinoff of The Mandalorian and kind of segueing into the continuation of the storyline of the character Boba Fett. So the book of Boba Fett is currently playing on Disney+. And let me tell you, I'm a little worried about Star Wars with this show. The story is not the greatest. However, this is about music. The music for it is fantastic. It is badass. It harkens back to the Sergio Leone spaghetti westerns. Those scores from Ennio Marconi are... When we were talking about Psycho in the Halloween episode this past year, we referred to how important the score was to storytelling in that movie. I think for the spaghetti westerns, Ennio Marconi's scores were as important to those as the score for Psycho was to it. And this young producer, Ludwig Göransson, he's a Swedish composer who has done the music for Book of Boba Fett. He also did it for The Mandalorian. This guy is awesome. And I went down a Ludwig Göransson rabbit hole a little bit learning about him. And it's got to be probably the most interesting musical thing I've done in the last few weeks. Uh, He's, like I said, Swedish composer. He apprenticed under some people and then got his first sort of like solo gig on the television show Community where he, I'm assuming, met Donald Glover. That'll come in, that'll become important here in a little bit. He is just phenomenally talented. He's worked on the movie Tenet, the movie Creed, a movie called Fruitvale Station. He did the score for Black Panther, which he won an Academy Award for. So this guy is definitely no joke. He's worked with Justin Timberlake, and he's co-produced music with Childish Gambino, including This Is America, which you won four Grammys for, which, I mean, come on. The guy's name is Ludwig Gorenson. He was named after Beethoven. And he's married to a violinist named Serena, uh, I think Serena McKinney. So check this guy out. I think he's probably in his mid-30s. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. He's already accomplished a ton. And I'm really looking forward to what he does in the future. You know, that's really it for for what I've been listening to lately. Like I said, I've been kind of taking a break, a little bit of a palate cleanser, and I'm gearing up for season two. I've got a whole list of metal releases for the year I want to dive into. I'm really stoked about diving into music for the podcast and really approaching things a bit more deliberately, I guess. Try to take some notes from Rachel and actually listen to lyrics or have lyrics out, take notes, do all those things. Maybe I can contribute some stats in the future to uh, the podcast as well. But I'll also, I'll be the rock and metal guy. Uh, that's that's me through and through. So looking forward to season two. Glad you guys are still listening. And um, we'll see you soon. Cheers. Cheers.
Oh my god, no way. Thanks, Evil. Well, that's what Evil's been doing. But what about Svend? See, here's the thing about Svend is I kind of know what he's been doing in the offseason because I think that I've had a part of it, which is something that I have a feeling he maybe will talk about a bit in this episode. I don't know. We'll see. Let's hear what he has to say. And then I think I might add to it. Svend, tell the people what you got going on in your life. Hey, so what have I been listening to lately? Like all day long. But other than that, here's what I've been checking out. Verse, chorus, verse. How we doing? Thanks for joining us as usual. I'm sitting here with a stash bandicoot in my hand. A hazy Imperial IPA from Hop Valley. You know me and how much I love my brew. Pretty hefty brew. It's 8% alcohol. It's got some cryo hop. Hazy's still a thing, I guess. Everyone's still putting out these hazy IPAs. It's super trendy now. Good beer. Also, got some good music that I've been listening to all week, and that's really what I'm here to talk about, I guess. Um, some music, maybe expand. I'm going to go back a little bit, touch a little bit more on Dirty Loops. Kind of brought them out in the the last bonus episode we did here in the offseason. Just was listening to a bunch of them. Still am, still think you should. Last week I kind of talked about Henrik Linder, um, their bass player, and his crazy cool hammer-on kind of technique that I love to do as well. Yeah, it takes some practice, but I feel like it's not that hard of a way to make yourself sound like you're really, really good at the instrument. But what I didn't mention last week is how cool Jonah Nielsen, also of the band Dirty Loops, he's the singer. Dirty Loops is managed by Quincy Jones, and I thought it was kind of cool that Jonah released a cover of Michael Jackson's Bad. And I mean, that was probably in 2000, let's see, 2021. Go check that out. It's freaking crazy awesome. He's an amazing singer with a really cool range. His voice is right up there, kind of in that range with Michael Jackson. He can hit all the power like Man, I'm so jealous. I wish I had that kind of a voice. He's got this awesome balance of huge range and power, but there's times where he can just give you soul, a more delicate texture with his voice. I was also, huh, I was listening to a bunch of Marin Morris. That reminded me of, I watched her band rehearsing. I think it was before a show. Uh, Anyway, her band was rehearsing and the person leading the rehearsal was this badass, awesome bass player. She also was singing all of Marin Morris's lead parts during rehearsal. Killer voice, I might add. Not not just like hacking it through so the band could rehearse, but I'd go see her show. Just thinking back about that, I, I thought I'd go look her up. Her name's Annie Clements. I think she's originally from New Orleans. She's in Nashville now. She's a touring bassist, vocalist, and she's toured with so many freaking awesome people. She played with Sugarland back in 2006, and I think she was with them for like six years. She's, I think, been playing bass for Marin Morris like at least the last six years. 
but like her list of people she's played next to and played for, like everyone from like Beyonce and Lady Gaga to Bon Jovi and Cheap Trick, Paul Rogers, David Gilmour. I mean, like it's it's crazy. Hootie and the Blowfish. That's awesome. I just saw that on her little. We should talk Hootie and the Blowfish sometime, DL. And she's got this this side project or this other band in Nashville called Side Piece. It's a bar band. I can't wait to hopefully see them in Nashville someday because they look like they're fun as hell to listen to. And I bet that they put on one hell of a show. In fact, you can go kind of check them out a little bit. They only have one thing on Spotify, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, one song, but on YouTube, they, they did a quarantine sessions kind of series. It's kind of cool. It looks like they filmed it all on their own at their own houses and then edited it together. You know, that kind of a video where everyone's in little boxes, like it's like a crazy zoom meeting or something, but they got some good stuff on there. If you want to, you want to hear Annie's voice, they did a, a cover of nine to five. That's an awesome one to check out. Um, they did eye of the tiger King. Uh, remember this is like a year ago. So when that was huge on Netflix, which I just watched, by the way, I know this is like a, I'm going to digress, but I just watched season one of the tiger King and what the F wow, that exists. I know I'm late to the party. And so everyone's, this is lame. My head's still reeling. There's something actually, um, I'm going to circle back to, but Joe exotics country music career. Um, I have been listening to a bunch of that. We got a, I don't know. That's definitely probably not an episode. But anyway, Annie Clements uh, and Side Piece. Side Piece, her band. Check them out on YouTube. What would Dolly do? Obviously, like female country group, their official actual single release on Spotify is What Would Dolly Do? It's an awesome song, but the stuff on YouTube, and I bet the stuff that they do live is just 10 times more fun. Hey, um, the other thing, though, uh, I'm a YouTube addict, so... I don't watch TV. I pull up the YouTube app on my TV. And one dude that I love to check out, he is, I mean, it's like weekly updated content, Harry Mack, H-A-R-R-Y-M-A-C-K. You can find him on uh, Instagram and TikTok, and he's all over the place. But this dude freestyle raps, and I know there's a lot of those, and there's a lot of people that uh, you know, are kind of over the whole freestyle, especially white guy freestyle. There's a few of them that have quite a following on YouTube. I totally encourage you to check out Harry Mack. Legit, he's done shit with Kendrick Lamar. I don't know if that name drop helps. One of the things he does on, on YouTube is, is called Omegle Bars. And I don't know if anyone knows... Omegle is like a video chat, almost like a chat roulette type of thing. Like it just matches you up with somebody else on your screen to chat to. Uh, So he goes on there and records. And what he does is when people pop up on the screen, uh, like complete strangers, he'll ask them for several words, you know, three to five or whatever it is, words. And then he usually has to like keep prodding them to come up with harder words because uh, it's like it's funny what people do is they look around their room and they're like hat, uh, cat. So he'll push them like, oh, give me something harder. Give me, give me, give me a big word, a complicated word. But you know, anyway, he'll take words that they throw out at him, and on the spot he'll just drop a beat. He he's also a producer. He makes beats, but he'll drop a beat and start rapping 
and he doesn't just take their word and fit it into a rhyme. He'll elaborate on whatever it is. He'll turn it into a topic, and he's pretty knowledgeable about a lot of stuff. So whatever you throw out, he'll then start rapping about all the things about it. And then if he runs out of stuff to say there, after he gets through all your words, he just starts messing with like what he can see on the screen, like in your background. I, I'm blown away at how this man's brain works. He's got YouTube videos kind of talking about how he does it. It's it's just years and years and years of practice. Freestyle rappers will have like these filler phrases that they keep going back to or they always start with. And he's got some of those. He like sprinkles them in and the bulk of his lyrics are topical and insanely well thought out for something that he doesn't think out. Anyway, go check it out. One last thing I'm going to circle back to going back to the bass because I've just been trying, I've been trying to woodshed my bass chops. Uh, I'll be honest in the last three or four weeks, trying to, trying to get my slap bass back. Marcus Miller. I, I don't know. I think that's like an obvious one to throw out there. I feel like he influenced a lot of slap bass players, a lot of his kind of grooves, the way that his technique, and then also Victor Wooten, the double thumb thing that he that's insane i can't do the double thumb thing the way he does going back to henrik linder he started incorporating like kind of a double thumb thing into it and again i find myself a little bit more like on his technique where he doesn't dig quite as deep he does it over the fretboard a little bit more with his thumb so he's not digging quite as far down and then plucking up it's more just kind of like a tip side of your thumb with a really light touch on your left hand that's kind of how i've been trying to do it i don't know man if anyone if anyone has some tips on double thumb technique hit me up sven knutson on instagram through the podcast however but Anyway, I've been listening to a ton of Victor Wooten, ton of Marcus Miller. I don't know. They inspired a lot of people. They inspired me to even start slapping in the first place. So kind of going back to those. But if anyone has anyone else that they think is an incredible bass player to learn from and watch and listen to, um, I'd love to know. I think that pretty much wraps up what I've got for this week. This is uh, Verse Chorus Verse. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Hey, thanks, Fend. That's super interesting. So, me, what do I have going on? Well, I will tell you that I have not been listening to that much music to listen to music lately. The stuff that I have been listening to, I can't tell you about because I am officially in homework mode for season two. So I'm pretty much done with listen to whatever you want in some aspects. But I've decided instead what I'm going to talk about here on this episode... Since I can't really talk about what I've been listening to is what I've been doing because it does have to do with music and I am really happy about it. Over the last week, yeah, it's been about a week, Sven and I had plans February. I am heading to Boise. We are going to hook up with Brent Berg, our drummer. Anytime that Sven and I, that's not true. 95% of the times that Sven and I have done a music project together, Brent has been our percussionist. And so I am heading to Boise in February. We are going to, uh, I have basically an entire album written out. We're going to go through it all together, get a little bit of the, the Sven feel in there, get a little bit of the Brent feel in there. Anybody that's a musician or has played music with others know that each person brings in a specific vibe that's going to change the song a little bit. 
which I definitely want. In a lot of ways, I am a Paul McCartney, but in a lot of ways, I'm not. I have specific visions for specific songs, but I also am fully aware that I'm an idiot and that a lot of the times if somebody like a Sven or a Brent has a different vision, it's because they know what they're fucking doing. You know, Brent's been playing drums forever. He listens to a lot of good music. We all know Sven. If their vision is something different than what I had in mind, then it's probably a smart thing. Anyway, we're going to get in the same room together. We're going to figure out the beats, figure out, you know, the hits, figure out the transitions in in this song and, you know, the intricacies. And then after that, uh, I think I'll go back down at some point. We'll record. Hopefully, by the end of 2022, we'll have an album that you can critique for us. I am excited for that. All of that is to say... So, I was very, very into music for a long time. And I got to a point where I was fairly... I think I was going to be successful. I had made a trip to New York to schmooze a little bit with some people. I I had gotten flown out to New York. I was able to record a couple things. I'm actually on an album for a band, Uncredited, that you have heard of, I'm sure. I don't want to name them because I just don't. Now that we've got thousands of listeners, I'm hoping that someday we're going to have thousands and thousands of listeners. I have to start thinking a lot more about things that I say legally and making sure that I have the rights to the music that we're getting for the podcast, making sure that I have proof that I was given permission, which I do. I Anytime you hear a song that's on this podcast, I have gone through whatever I needed to to get the rights to it, which is a pain in the fucking ass. But, except, you know, metal bands. Metal bands are typically so cool about making sure that you get the rights. That's, you know, I'm not a huge metalhead, but man, that makes me want to be a metalhead is just how cool metal bands are about wanting you to play their music on the pod. Anyway, I'm I'm rabbit holing rabbit holes here. I'm telling you the story of me in my late 20s when I was already in a pretty bad place in my life and I went to New York. I had some real music industry folk. I played some music with a, not a prominent band, but a band that I would say... If I said the name of them, half of you would say, holy shit, really? So not huge, but people know who they are. And it ended up blowing up in my face. I was offered a deal. I wrote out some stuff in a studio over a weekend. And I'm talking like songs I had written throughout the last, my whole life since I was 15. And then I got home and a week later, essentially all those songs were now owned by this record company and they had the rights to them. They had, you know, they were able to take these songs and for all I know, there are other band songs now. So I, you know, flip shit and I, I sold all my guitar pedals. I thrashed an amp and a guitar. I I got rid of everything and I didn't play again. I had one acoustic guitar that I play seldomly. But I didn't play electric guitar again until probably about a year and a half ago. Played nothing. And then about a year and a half ago, something like that, the passion just hit me all of a sudden. And I I bought an electric guitar. I bought a Korg, started playing again. And that's what I've been doing this last year is just sharpening my teeth 
I've been playing, I've been practicing guitar, I've been practicing keyboard, I've been listening to stuff, trying to remember, I've been doing scales. I can't remember the last time that I would just sit, which you should, if you're a musician, you should still do scales. It's not, it doesn't mean that you're, you're supposed to do them, but yeah, I've been doing scales at night and really, really trying to hone myself to get back into it. And it's been nice, but it's been private. It's been a me thing. Every now and then I'll, you know, I did a little bit of music for the pod that I cut and I eventually I've started singing and and sending a few. Sven and I would kind of dink around with stuff. Hey, let's, let's do this song. Maybe you want to send this stuff to me and I'd send him lyrics and I'd a day later, I'd be like, dude, that fucking sucks. Don't, please don't use that. You know, the sort of thing that you do when you're getting back into music. That is a really, really long road, and I apologize to get around to saying that this week, Sven and I have been working on a song for the podcast, just a cover. It's a cover that you heard in the last bonus episode, cover of us doing Dick a Pony. First off, I'm going to say right off the bat, that's a Beatles song, and no, it's not weird to cover a Beatles song because it's the Beatles. It's like covering Beethoven. It's not like I think my version's better. It's just so otherworldly and such a godly song. It's basically, look, we're never going to get the rights to Dig a Pony. So let's just do Dig a Pony. Let's just have fun with it. So we did. We came up with this kind of Joe Cocker, little help from my friend version of Dig a Pony. We've been working on it all week. And we've been working on uh, another song that hopefully by the time this airs, that's going to be our break and stuff music for this is, is the song that I wrote that we're working on right now. That's what I've been doing. I haven't been listening to a lot of music. I've been playing it. And wow, has it just been something else. It's really, really, really helped me in a, not a great time in life. Nobody's having a great time right now. None of us are. But sitting here in my studio, dinking around on the electric, screwing around with a bunch of different amp sounds and doing 70 freaking takes of lyrics, practicing a solo 400 times. My God, I missed it and I love it. And I am so glad that I am old enough now to just respect it and not feel the pressure of trying to get somewhere with it. Because that was my big problem in my 20s is it's what I wanted to do for a living It's what I really thought I was meant for. Like every ignorant, stupid fucking American teenager to 20s, I felt like I had the right to be a rock star. It's in me. I'm the special one. And now I'm reminded of the Fight Club monologue where we're all finding out that we're not special and we're very pissed off. And that's what happened to me. But all that's done and I'm a little older and a teeny bit wiser And now I just play music and I enjoy it. Dig a Pony that we did in the last episode. Do I think that that's perfect? No. Do I think somebody else could have done it better? Fuck yes. Somebody else had done it better. There's just that sort of pressure that just falls off of you when you think that. And now suddenly I'm a guy who, when I used to play on stage, I'd have to wear my hat really low or sunglasses or something because I didn't want to see any crowd. I didn't want anybody to see me which was weird because I also, especially as a teenager, I really liked being the center of attention. But now I don't care. Now I can put this remake of a Beatles song on a podcast that thousands of people listen to, and I don't care. I hope you like it. I hope that you think it's good. I'm sure that I'm going to hear from one or two people. They're going to say either, A, why the fuck are you covering the Beatles, you asshole? Which, shit, 10 years ago, I'd probably be one of them. 
or B, uh, hey, you suck. And you know, that's awesome. There's something really perverted about me that is excited for that. So that's what we've been doing. I've been writing, man. Um, I've been writing, I've been playing, I've been recording parts over and over and over. Sven and I are starting to get in our groove. You know, we're starting to get to the, I know when he wants me to send him this and send him that and, and then spend, you know how much fun it is to have somebody write you something and be like, Hey, that vocal, I know you can do that better. Do it better. That's fucking, I just, I haven't been in that part of music in a long time. It always scared the shit out of me. I always hated it. And now I love it. So that's what I'm going through. I'm going through this musical fucking renaissance or something like that. It's amazing. Uh, I just, I only wish that I had the chops now that I had back then. Cause God, I was w- a way better musician in my twenties. Um, but I've got a little more soul now, I think. And anybody that listens to a lot of music knows that's account that accounts for a lot of it. So that's what I've been doing. I'm just here, just in my lab. Unfortunately, my other job, while it's insane and super busy, I can't really travel that much right now because of COVID. So at night, I'm going to come home. I'm going to play the guitar. I'm going to sing a few licks and maybe smoke some cigarettes to get my voice a little better. I'm just kidding. Mom, please don't text me. Uh, Do people even still smoke anymore? Is that a thing? I can't remember the last time I saw somebody smoke. We're getting more traffic on our website, so thank you for that. You know what happens when you Google verse, chorus, verse? A shit ton of Nirvana things pop up. But eventually, it's going to be us. Because we are going to be bigger than Nirvana. (laughs) No, we're not. Next week, get ready for episode one of season two. I mean, come on. This is awesome, right? This podcast, I really honestly feel like we've started to hit our stride. Evil and Rachel are coming in with a little more confidence. Sven is coming in with a lot less pressure. I'm coming in much wiser to what a podcast needs. I am really excited for season two. And do I tell you now what it is that we're talking about? I guess I do for all of you that stay to the end. Season two, episode one, Sven and DL, Thriller. Good night and good luck. Stay right by your side